1: Hey, hey, hey everyone, it's me, Dr. Love, and welcome to another episode of Between the Sheets with me, Dr. Love. Today, I wanna talk about something that is very close to my heart. It's a serious topic. I will say there's some trigger warning here, okay? Because the discussion is around domestic violence and relationships. And, you know, we don't always agree on these topics, but we don't always have awareness around them either. So I wanted to take an opportunity today to really talk about children in domestic violent households. And unfortunately, in these households, you have a perpetrator and you have a victim. And the children are always victims, even if they're not being harmed directly. Indirectly, they are being impacted by what's going on between the two adults in the home. But for today, more importantly, I wanted to talk about how children from domestic violent households, or some children in those households, can identify with the perpetrator. I have seen this over and over again, and I wanted to talk about it today. I wanted to be able to open up the forum for people to come and discuss this with me. Now, what I say here is not set in stone. It's more of a conversation I want to have. So everyone has a bit of a different experience and a different point of view, and that is okay. I'm not saying this is the only way, but I do want to sort of put it out there. Because I know it's a really tough issue to face for me and the work that I do, and for a lot of women that are in this position. If we look at the stats in Australia, at least one in four women have experienced domestic violence from an intimate partner. And that came from Mission Australia. But unfortunately, the stats also show that 86% of those women who have experienced domestic violence indicate their children or their child saw or heard the abuse in the last 12 months. That frightens me. It frightens me for what it does to the parent in most cases, the mother, but the mother knowing that the child is witnessing that and knowing what happens to these children as they grow up. The harsh reality of domestic violence happening in our own backyard and to families around the nation, it really made me question how children of domestic violent relationships experience and come to terms with their household environment. After all, the first relationship you witness in your life is the one that your parents have with each other. It's really the foundation in which we base our future relationships. And it's easy to look at domestic violence as just physical abuse. But the fact is that these relationships are really multi-layered and look different from one relationship to the next. Some relationships have one clear abuser and one clear victim. Some relationships mean both people are the abuser and at times both are the victim. Although it is the most common relationship dynamic when it comes to DV relationships, it isn't always the case where the man is abusing the woman in a heterosexual or monogamous relationship. Sometimes it can be the other way around. But today I want to discuss why children from two heterosexual parents can often identify with and side with the abuser of the relationship. This is most apparent when a young boy is choosing his father's side, who is the abuser in this case. Now, this is not always the case, but I'm just going on what I have seen and what I've experienced is that I have often seen one of the children in the family choose to stand on the perpetrator's side, knowing well what they have done. And you probably think to yourself, why would a child side with the abuser? Well, there are a few reasons why children brought up in a domestic violent household would associate or even empathise with the perpetrator. And it has a lot to do with their current state of survival. So when a child grows up in an environment that is hostile, it's hard to know what the day is going to bring and what triggers will set off. So the abusive partner will have triggers that will create an episode between the parents. And when children are especially young they will view the parent's behavior as normal and often see the abusive parent as the one who holds the power. So even though the child can't really fully comprehend the reason why their parents are arguing and one person is being verbally or psychologically or physically abused, the victim is viewed as helpless and they do not want to be like them. So they side with the abuser and the other parent who is the victim feels betrayed by their own child. Children also side with the abusive parent because they don't want to be the one on the receiving end of the abuse. So often using praise and people-pleasing tactics to make the perpetrator less likely to lash out, this kind of trauma response is what creates people-pleasers and codependent adults later in life, making someone's life easier but suffering while doing so. So what happens to these children that witness the abuse? Being brought up in a DV household is never easy and each child will take on the pain and trauma differently. Some children may lash out physically and use the behaviours they witness at home as a way to act in their life or with other people, while another may suppress their feelings and develop depression anxiety as a result, leading to these people pleasing tendencies and a possible substance abuse later in life because it becomes quite a codependent relationship style. So with boys, especially watching their father abuse their mother, it can create unrealistic relationship expectations and have the boy continue the cycle of abuse and toxic behavior within their own romantic relationships. For other children who may be more resilient, they take the initiative to identify their feelings and talk about them with someone they trust, yet still suffer trauma for years to come. With DV relationships, sometimes witnessing them can be just as detrimental to mental health than actually receiving the abuse firsthand. I shouldn't even say sometimes, I say most times. Children are fully aware of the abuse happening around them, yet they are helpless to stop it. And in contrast, children can be manipulated by the perpetrator into thinking their abuse is warranted by giving the child a one-sided narrative to believe. So abusers can turn children against the victim very easily as they control the relationship and the story being told. This type of influence can wear off when the child gets older and starts to see their parents' relationship in a new way if they decide to question what they thought was true. The dynamics of a DV household vary, but the results of children suffering without being directly abused is inevitable. So for the mothers out there, that feel like they have lost a child, don't blame yourselves. It has been, your child has been victim to circumstances, not just the trauma, but a way of survival. And when they identify or step onto the abuser's side and you look at them and say, how could you do that knowing full well what I've been through? How could you do that knowing that I have been abused, taken advantage of and treated like rubbish? Don't take it personally. I know it rips your heart out of your chest, but that little boy is trying to survive and he thinks that's the only way he can do it. So he might look like he's on dad's side, but he also has got turmoil. He's got this love-hate relationship for his father while he does this, because that's the only way they know how to love. And that's what happens in these DV relationships. It's that love, that love-hate cycle. And unfortunately, this little boy is doing the same thing. And as he gets older, he will have an opportunity to either be the same or be different. But sometimes he needs to have experiences that are not pleasant to watch as a parent for him to go, hang on a minute, this isn't working for me. I need to do something different. And that's only if he has that epiphany, because let's hope not everyone has this awareness that life can be different. And the best way they'll learn as they grow up to be teenagers and be young men is in their own relationships. So I just want to acknowledge the mothers and the people going through these DV relationships. It's hard. It's hard work. And I encourage you to reach out and get some help if you're doing it alone. See if it's you or someone else you know and they need help, there's plenty of places you can reach out. And one of the places you can call is 1-800-RESPECT or even visit their website. Call Lifeline. Call somebody. Every local police station has a DV liaison officer. Call them. I know it's scary, but it will be worth it. If you are stuck in a dilemma and you are not sure how to navigate your way out of this, or you feel like you've lost a child to a perpetrator in your relationship and you are grieving, because that's what it feels like, like you've got a death of a child, reach out to me. Let's see if we can have a conversation about that to see what we can do or what we can put in place or give you a plan to move forward put you in contact with the right people so that you can be safe because everyone deserves safety. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts on that. I'll be open to hear from any of you that have experienced this or even have a different perspective. That's okay too. Reach out to me via email at info at or Instagram to send me a DM. I look forward to hearing from you all. I'll catch you on the next episode.
0: See ya. Thanks for listening to the podcast with Dr. Love. For all show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, head to www.drlove.com. That's D-R-L-U-R-V-E.com. Got a question for Dr. Love? Email her at Ask at doctor.love.com. Love the show. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review or share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, lovers. We'll see you on the next episode. This is Between the Sheets with Dr. Love.